Hello and welcome to another episode of the Public Affairs in Practice podcast. Um, I'm very fortunate to be joined by Rebecca Deegan of um, I Have a Voice in this particular episode and she's very kindly agreed to tell us more about the campaign and her background in public affairs. So uh, Rebecca, hello and uh, thanks for joining us. Hi Stuart, thanks so much for having me. Hey, look, I'll, I'll, Rebecca, I'll let you do your own introduction if that's okay. So do you want to tell us all a little bit about um, the role, what you do, um, that would be fantastic. Yeah, sure. Um, so I founded I Have a Voice uh, back in 2020. And the aim of I Have a Voice is to equip young people with the tools and confidence to speak up and take action on the issues that matter to them in their communities. In a nutshell, that means taking public affairs out to the masses and showing young people from all different walks of life how they can use the tools that we use in our profession um, to campaign on the issues that are impacting their lives. Brilliant. I, I, it must take up so much time. It does, but I love it. So it just <laughs> it doesn't feel like a chore ever. And just to tell everybody, I'm very pleased to be involved in the campaign um, my first year as, a, as a, uh, a mentor on the campaign as well so full disclosure uh, on that as well but Rebecca how did how did you get into public affairs yourself um, was it always something you wanted to do or did you sort of fall into it how did it come about yeah I absolutely fell into it uh, I didn't even really know what it was when I was first started working in a policy team um, and was working alongside public affairs professionals. I was like, what is this dark art that's happening over here? Um, but having worked in policy for a few years, I was like, okay, I'm developing these policy recommendations and now I want a bit more control over how they get disseminated and kind of trying to push for them to have impact and, and see them uh, be adopted. And that's when I decided to figure out what was happening in the world of public affairs and really try to understand what's happening in Parliament and how you can engage with all of those processes. Um, so, yeah, quite far into my career, policy public affairs type career before I even really realised what it was. <laughs> so in that, in that policy team, were you quite closely involved in the public affairs side or was it sort of a natural progression into uh, into the in the more public affairs um, aspect of the work yeah I've always worked in-house um, which means that the teams are always really small and therefore you have to do a bit of everything from research to policy to public affairs to comms um, yeah so kind of just a natural evolution I guess of the role and and has there anybody in any of your roles that's been particularly uh, influenced your career or the way that you approach public affairs? Don't necessarily have to be at the work. It could be could be outside of work as well. I hasten to add. Yeah, um, there's so many brilliant people in our sector that I've had the benefit of working alongside or just seeing in action. But I think the thing for me that's had the most influence and certainly is like the most motivating factor is things outside of work so i guess just like everyday injustices or everyday things that you think that shouldn't work that way um and those are the things that i guess have influenced and motivated me to to work in public affairs yeah yeah um uh, any any particular pieces of advice you've received to for those uh, you say again internal or external because you say you've got a and you've got a sort of I'll, I'll call it a board that's attached to the i have a voice campaign apologies if i've got the terminology wrong some really great people on that as well uh probably not uh, short in providing advice as well in a very positive way um but any particularly good advice you've received either about the campaign or or um or in the sort of more day job uh, arena yeah i think um 
I am really lucky actually since that night. I have voiced the amount of people in the industry that I've engaged with and given their wisdom and their their advice. I think one of the things that sticks with, sticks with me the most, um, it's really simple to just not give up and keep going. Policy change takes decades, sometimes generations. Um, and just that if you don't um, succeed the first time, that's not unusual. That's not a reflection on your campaigning abilities. Just dust yourself off and, and try again. Uh, no, I think I, 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 yeah, I would um, agree with that advice wholeheartedly. I think sometimes, I mean, particularly when people move around with organisations as well, that you can sort of lose sight of that. You you get focused on, you know, the really important campaign in your new role, and you sort of forget there's a sort of a big hinterland of work that's gone before that, that helps lead to to that eventual uh, uh, end point. Um, and it does, it does, it can take a very long time. Yeah, yeah. and changes of government sometimes as well, which is might add to the complication. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they currently work at the ABI as well, and you've got to try and balance that role with the I Have a Voice. Um, does that mean evenings, weekends, constant work? It does, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, it's really reassuring for a few days a week to go to the ABI and do a job that I've done for about a decade now and, and within a structure of an organisation. And then the rest of the time, we're just trying to figure out kind of how to make I have a voice of success and have as much impact as possible. So it's quite nice to have that balance of, of something that you've done for a long time and something that you're figuring out how to make a success. And how, how long has the campaign been going for now? Because it's, it's, a, it's a few years. And, and I'm just wondering about wh why you started it as well, because you say most people, you know, it's difficult enough doing the day job without then sort of taking on this, you know, huge other, huge other, project um yeah how did you how did you why did you decide and and you know what was the motivation yeah sure most of my career has been in financial services and i think that's a really important area of policy and public affairs i still work in that area at the abi um but it's an area that is particularly homogenous um and when you're having conversations about pension savings and financial resilience all too often those conversations are happening between people who have a lot of money. I've always had a lot of money. And actually when they're talking about people not saving, just the way that they talk about it, you can tell that they've never really had to budget to the extent that a lot of people today have to budget. Yeah. Um, and I thought, how, how can I change, how can I help to change this? It's, you know, often being one of the few young female working class northern people in the room, I was like, either I get used to shouting loud or I try to get more people with different lived experiences into this room. Um, and I have a voice kind of respond from that. How do we get people from all different walks of life into these rooms where currently their voices are either completely missing or underrepresented um, and just started from there, basically. And you've had some... I was going to say some success stories that, that I'm not sure that comes across in quite the right way, but you've had people that have been involved and had mentoring and, and, and have sort of come through the other side and have, you know, got, got, you know, good public affairs jobs in, in, uh, you know, various uh, companies and organizations. Yeah, we have like the reach of I have a voice, which is only possible because of the support of the public affairs sector has just already been beyond what I, thought was possible and um, we've reached thousands of young people in terms of um giving them careers talks and just opportunities to have exposure to our sector um we've worked with 
oh gosh, I would say over a thousand young people to support them to design their own campaigns and deliver them. So to gain like real life experience of doing public affairs and campaigning and lobbying. Um, and then, yeah, this year, the mentoring scheme, which I'm part of, which is fantastic. We've got 84 mentors and 84 mentees um, working through the programme. And already uh, about half a dozen of the mentees have got jobs in the public affairs sector, oh. uh, which is great. And these are young people who, without the support of great mentors like yourself, um, wouldn't wouldn't have known how to put themselves across wouldn't have known how to develop the right skills and experience and now yeah they're they're working in the sector which is just brilliant so if i'm a, if i'm a, a young person doing their gcse's or a levels how, how do i find out about i have a voice how do I, do you sort of communicate through schools or do they come across it because they're googling politics or um uh, and then how would they get involved so how do they find you how do they get involved yeah, sure. Um, so we deliver lots of programs in schools, colleges, universities, youth groups. We also have a standalone youth ambassador program for individual young people who want to get involved in social action projects. Uh, we have a website, you should expect, www.ihaveavoice.org.uk and all of the socials. <laughs> um, we're trying to um, ramp up our TikTok because that's where young people are, but I'm keeping away from it and I've hired a young person to do that because every good time idea, good idea. It's a minefield. <laughs> it's quite cringe. Um, but yeah, so they can find us on social website, etc. Excellent, good. Um, and is the idea to sort of expand the mentoring and other schemes going forward, or, or again, given the pressure on yourself to, to run this organisation, presumably there is a limit to how much you can do. How, what, what are your plans for the future for the for the campaign? Yeah, definitely to continue growing the mentoring programme. Feedback from mentors and mentees has just been so overwhelmingly positive, even for those that decide they don't want a career in public affairs, but wanted to know more about their own agency and how they could use politics in their everyday lives has just been amazing. Um, we also run um, a training and internship programme where we work with a number of employers and every year we uh, train up a group of young people from um, underrepresented backgrounds over a two week period and then they take them on as their summer interns. Um, we're starting the second year of running that now. Um, yeah, those are the two main projects. And just thinking if there were particular support that you needed for the campaign would it be sponsors would it be more people like myself to sort of get involved would it be wider knowledge of the campaign what would what would be the the things that you're looking for to, to really help you sort of uh in boris johnson terms really you know make it world beating or uh boost it or whatever yeah definitely for individuals to get involved uh, you can get involved by giving careers talks by mentoring um, for organizations to get involved that could be hosting events that we have for young people um, obviously like venue space in London is quite hard to come by so just your space is amazing absolutely sponsoring a project and maybe thinking about running your internship program through I have um, those would all be amazing ways for people to support what we're doing what I'll do is I'll make sure there's a uh, an email or a link in the the, the notes under this uh, podcast so that people can find that as well. So if they're if they're inspired by our uh, chat today, that they can then find you and um, uh, and offer all those uh, things with any luck as well. Um, and finally, just to um, close, I mean, obviously we like to hear about sort of particularly good pieces of campaigning that um, in a good public affairs campaigns. Is there anything that you've been involved in, or would you really? And I. 
I, I mean, I certainly I would in, in your position. But would you point to the your campaign as being, you know, particularly effective, or are there others that you maybe looked at and, and have been inspired by as well? Yeah. So th I think for me, a, a campaign that I've worked on that um, I'm really proud of is when I was at the Institute and Faculty of Actuaries, um, we started out many years ago um, trying to talk to the financial services sector about climate change and the need for them to start thinking about the climate risks that they held on their books um, and who were originally seen as quite a niche group of people, uh, you know, um, probably not using the nicest words for people who are kind of on the green, green end of the spectrum in terms of uh, what they think about climate. Um, and by the time I left that role, not only was climate change, uh, not only had the regulation and legislation changed around climate change, people were talking about biodiversity and all of the different sustainable development goals. Um, and we continue to stay at the forefront of that. So as soon as we've got people talking about climate change, we're like, okay, now we need to add in, you know, these are the environmental factors as well. And I think why I think about that one so much is because we had to do so much stakeholder engagement, identifying who would get on board with you really quickly, who might need a bit of convincing and thinking what evidence can we build to do that, working out the dynamic between regulation and legislation and who was going to move first and how you could use those different levers. Um, and obviously engaging um, the press as much as possible on those those issues so it just felt like a an all sing and all dancing campaign and for quite a niche organization to have a, a lead voice in that debate was just really great to be a part uh, of that's that sounds really interesting and again i think that comes back to the point you made earlier about actually keeping a campaign going over a longer period of time and sometimes when you do get sort of slightly smaller wins you know banking those and then building on it and, and expanding it to get to that ultimate uh, end point as well. That sounds like a really good example of that sort of work. Yeah, definitely. I remember some of the first conversations being like, yeah, but who's going to care? <laughs> <laughs> Which seems Sign of the times. That was absolutely the rhetoric. Um, yeah. And you're right, comparatively, not that long ago either. Yeah, no, about, about seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, not not long in the in the in the scheme of the climate change uh, crisis, I think. Yeah, now the fact that it's mainstream politics is just yeah, so important. Absolutely. Well, look, Rebecca, thank you very much for your time. That's hugely appreciated. And I said I'll put some contact details in the the notes under the in the uh, under the podcast as well, so that people can find you, learn more, uh, and offer all those sort of things you need to keep the campaign uh, expanding in the future as well. Thank you so much for having me. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye.